This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to the Elm Park Rules preview podcast for Bournemouth at Home. Been joined by Matt Joy from the Reading Chronicle. Matt, how are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am not doing too badly, thank you. Almost the end of the week, and we're looking forward to a massive clash tomorrow night against Bournemouth. Let's look back, though, first, Matt, at last weekend. How do you think mm-hmm. the game against Preston went for Reading? What were your thoughts on it? And I guess, what are the thoughts coming out of the club during the week on the game? Well, I think Velko Panovic said that it felt like a defeat, despite the fact, obviously, we we only came away with a draw. Uh, given Joe's penalty miss. I think it was a, a bit of a missed opportunity, so to speak. I think Preston were probably there for the taking for long periods. I don't think that the pattern of the game particularly suited Reading's strengths. I think Lucas Zhao had a a quiet game by his own standards even before the penalty miss. I think that's obviously what dominated a lot of the conversation post-match across social media was, was Zhao's performance. I'm reluctant to be critical because as I put on Twitter after the game myself, without his goals, we would be nowhere near. Obviously, we'd be nowhere near where we are in the table. So a frustrating afternoon. I think Panovic was was just frustrated with the, with the situation, a little bit uh, unhappy with how how the, the sort of tone of the game affected Zhao mentally. I thought that was quite interesting. He said that he saw that frustration built, building up from the start. So things to things to work on but you know obviously still undefeated in the league since i believe was it the 19th or the 21st of december the, the brentford game so still got a, a you know a lot of games that have passed since then and come through a, a tough period re- reasonably unscathed so yeah, you can't be too critical yeah as you say that's uh, five unbeaten now in well five unbeaten since the middle of december and reading carry on going through payback month uh, with ties against Bournemouth and then Stoke and then Brentford coming up in the next three games, all, all teams that we lost to in the first half of the season. Um, can, you, can you speak a little bit about payback month, revenge month? Uh, I know it's been kind of touted around uh, touted around from different players and then various aspects of what Paunovic has uh, spoken across in the last few weeks and how that's affecting the, the team and, and squad. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think... The message from Velko Panovic, a lot of it was, um, even in those games that we did lose earlier in the season, a lot of them we were on the front foot for, for long periods. Um, you look at the Brentford, uh, sorry, the Bournemouth game, obviously the most important one to look back at the moment, given the game coming up on Friday. Um, Reading were, were by far the superior team for the opening half of that game. Panovic said that we've grown mentally since then. We were stronger, perhaps not as, um, you know, not as prone to errors and, and to, to sort of, slip up that it was in the in the final 45 I think it will mean a lot for the mentality of the players I think there's no better way to show that you've improved you know as a squad by improving on early results and to have five in a row where you can if you can get you know three wins maybe even four out of that period it's going to be um, a real boost psychologically going into the second half of the season and I think it's 
not even the fact that it's you know necessarily a payback month is also given the fact that the league positioning of, of the sides we're coming up against in the coming weeks obviously Preston were in I believe 10th for the game on last Saturday you know, Bournemouth right up there Brentford right up there so if you come through this period with as impressive as the results as we've seen since you know the, the, the last defeat things will start to really look quite healthy yeah, and I mean, obviously, these games, as you're saying, all they're all against teams in and around us, and in in the playoff race and in the promotion race, which is what makes it so critical, I guess. And with us only being three points behind Swansea in second place at the moment, and uh, Middlesbrough lost yesterday as well uh, at home to Rotherham, giving us a five point gap with a game in hand. So a win tomorrow night could set us up very, very nicely for the second half of the season and put us eight points clear of, of seventh place going into what is the last, what, 20 games or so. So it would be a huge result if we can get a win tomorrow. Uh, obviously, last weekend we had mm. uh, a slightly changed team with Michael Elise sitting on the bench. What is the news on, on Elise? Is he going to be playing tomorrow? Or is he going to be sitting on the bench yeah, there, there, there's no uh, indication at this point that Elise is going to miss out. Panovic said that against Preston, the, the original idea was perhaps bring him on for the last kind of half an hour if the game suited his uh, recovery, if that makes sense. So I think given that it was a very physical game, there was a lot of sort of niggly fouls, I think Panovic erred on the side of the caution. He wouldn't have wanted uh, Elise to come off the bench, pick up a knock that could then rule him out for you know a, a length of time. Sorry, I've just knocked my headphones out there. Carry on. Uh, there we go. Uh, so yeah, no, no reason for Elise not to uh, not to be in in the reckoning. Andy Yedom and Yaku Mate, also two players that are, are back in in line for a, a starting berth. So be interesting to see, especially I think if um, Yedom does return because defensively, Reading have been very very sound in in recent weeks. Tom McIntyre is really impressed at the heart defence alongside Michael Morrison. So. Whether Panovic wants to wants to rotate that and break that up, well, you'll have to ask him because I think that's a you could make a case for either. I think Giedom is the first choice given you know if, if everyone was fit and a hundred percent willing to go. But would you be willing to, willing to risk him coming back in against a side who are so proficient going forward in, in Bournemouth? You know, they're such a good side um, in the in the final third that. It may be a case that Pavlovich errs on the side of let's let's not disrupt the momentum too much in a game such as this. Yeah, especially if you look back at our last few games, we've had what two clean sheets, two clean sheets in a row in the league, and three in the last four now. So, it leaving the homes potentially sitting at right back for for tomorrow's clash might not be the I guess might not be the worst solution. Um, and you can kind of easy it on back in over the next couple of weeks and mm-hmm. not have to not have to rush him into what is a massive game. Yeah. Um what what are your thoughts on on Mate? Do you think he'll come straight back into the starting lineup? I mean that's gonna obviously affect um potentially Elise or Jaria or Swift as well if Mate is to be kind of pushed straight mm-hmm. back into that starting eleven. And I guess one question which has been one question which has been posed all season by a number of Reading fans is which three of those four would you start with, or which one would you leave out if if the uh, if the choice comes to it? Very very tough question. It's a good dilemma to have. I think I personally don't think Mate will come straight from the start. I think again, are you going to want to risk 
his fitness from the off. I think he's a fantastic option to have from the bench. He, he offers something else uh, going forward. Um, as for who you know gets the starting berth, I mean, it's very tough to it's, it's tough to argue that either Laurent or Renmota should drop out. You know, I think those two are arguably two of the first names on the team sheet. I think John Swift has been brilliant since his return from injury. Obviously, uh, a lot of the eyes were on the the game last week, uh, in which you know, obviously the free kick went in and, and produced a beautiful assist for Jao's opener. But Oviajari, I think, has I saw a stat that he's completed the most dribbles this year, but by quite a long way as well. By quite a long way. So you know, you don't really want to say this, but I think of all of those players, he's perhaps been the less the least effective this year. So maybe that you, you could make an argument for having Mate instead of him, given Mate's goal output in you know, in the games that he has featured in this season. But it's a very, very tough decision and, and it's a good one to have because I think if Reading have that luxury of being able to chop and change between those four, you know, in Elise Swift, Mate and uh Ajaria, also having players like Sonia Aluka who have been decent in recent weeks. If they have those those players fit for the remainder of the season, it, it really will I think help. Reading in games where they may be on top, but just lacking that, lacking that something different, you know, lacking that not even a creative spark, just a different way through it. If Plan A isn't working, I think to have that rotation and the the different the range of attributes those players bring, I think could be massive. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, having having one of any one of those four on the bench is going to just be a, a, a game changer in terms of the, the quality on the bench. Um, but talking of quality on the bench. The transfer window is almost up. Uh, I think it ends on, is it Monday? Um, so there's not not too long left. Yes. We have so. been... Yeah, without checking have, the calendar. Yeah, we have been linked with uh, a couple of Premier League players this month on loan. Um, the latest one f- who has been linked today was uh, Niskins Cabano from from Fulham. And I know you spoke to uh, Velko Panovic today around transfers and was there any kind of like indication as to whether anything will come over the line before Monday? I think he, he the message from Panovic has been the same as it has been throughout the window so far. The club remains active. Um, that, that he did say at the beginning of the month that the deals were likely to happen towards the back end of the window. I think a lot of the players that maybe have been discussed, they, they may have other moves that could suit them better. You know, there's I think there's a lot of clubs out there sort of scouring that the same market as Reading are. I think a lot of clubs are, are fishing in the same pond for the similar pool of players. Uh, Cabano, I did ask Panovic if there was any truth in in the in the speculation. He he was refused to be drawn upon. You know what, individual players. He's not the sort of manager who will um, explicitly express an interest on another team's player. We got a bit more of him or from him on Rodrigo Raquelme in the summer which is think was because he was so confident that deal was going to be completed. Obviously it didn't. So it, you know, things do change very quickly in football and what the manager says uh, sometimes doesn't come to fruition given how quickly the situations can change, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Reading bring in maybe one or two. It also wouldn't surprise me for Reading not to bring in anyone at all. That's it's a bit of a cop out of an answer, but it is the <laughs> truth. I think, it's gonna. I it's gonna the, be one, um, one of those one of those transfer deadline days where everybody go is, to... is sitting on sitting on Twitter until whatever whatever time yes. of night it is, just in, just yeah. in case Reading Reading announce one. Yeah, I do. I do think think that it's not going to be a dull end to the window, and then 
the, the, the main thing to look out for after the window Panovic said today that's uh, contract talks are really going to ramp up with Tom McIntyre and Omar Richards, especially after the conclusion of the, the, uh, the January window. That's the, the message from Panovic. That's what he said. So hopefully we'll have a bit more clarification on that in coming weeks. But um, yeah, at this point, uh, I would say I would predict one signing, but I could as it, I could easily be wrong. Could easily be wrong. Yeah, I think any 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 answer from zero up to two could be uh, could be correct. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, it's a, a wait and see game until until Monday night. Uh, speaking of, I know you mentioned Rod- Rodrigo Raquelme, uh, who ended up moving to Bournemouth in the end online this season, has played a little bit this season, 10 appearances, mm-hmm. 11 appearances, not a huge amount. We might see him tomorrow night. Um, I'd be surprised if he starts, in all honesty. I don't actually think he started at all for Bournemouth this season yet. But um, what, do you, what do you think the game will be like tomorrow? Do you think we'll see a high-scoring game, low-scoring game? Uh, we've We've got... Bournemouth fan coming up afterwards who uh, I spoke to yesterday and he's he's kind of predicting something something similar to earlier in the season with a little bit more kind of entertainment than Bournemouth fans have seen in recent weeks. Yeah, I think both sides will probably look at each other and think the best way of getting to this top side is by attacking. You know, the teams are very strong respectively in their own right going forward. You know, Bournemouth have got some real, real quality in those forward areas, as do Reading. So I, whether it's going to be, you know, a hammer and tong end-to-end six-goal thriller, that's that's a bit tougher to predict. But I don't think we'll we'll see Bournemouth, you know, shape up with 10 men behind the ball and Solanke hassling the, the back four for possession and then attempting to hold it up. I think Bournemouth will, will come forward a bit more and, and try and take the game to Reading, which may end up, I think, working in Reading's favour. You look at some of the games and it, Sometimes it's a case of a frustration of not being able to break teams down and then being hit on the break, as we saw against well Preston earlier this season. Yeah, I think definitely just just thinking about you know the 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 payback month games. Preston early this season, you know they they sat back, soaked up the pressure superbly, and then broke away and scored three goals in the second half. I don't think we're going to see that from Bournemouth. I think we'll see both sides trying to get on top of the game early. Um, I think if Reading do go a goal or two to the good, they really will be wary of what happened earlier this season. I think it would be better place to yeah to hold first that. first first goal is just going to be going to be huge tomorrow, and uh, there's a there's a lot of excitement going around on social media in terms of tomorrow's tomorrow's game already. Uh, mm-hmm. People calling it the biggest biggest game the club have had for three or four years since we since we had Fulham in the playoff semi final, uh, and. Uh, if you had to put your money somewhere, Matt, what score prediction are you going with tomorrow? I'm going to go with a Reading win. I think I'm I'm confident that uh, that enough will have been learnt from the, the Preston defeat. I think there was there's a few tactical tweaks that may well be made, and with those players coming back, I just think that whenever I think Reading have seemed to dip a little bit in performances, you do normally see a, a recovery quite quickly and. Preston wasn't necessarily a dip, but I'm sure Panovic will let his players know just how important tomorrow is. And I think that we'll see that replicated on the pitch. So I'm going to go with a Reading win and I'm going to go 2-1. Mirroring my scoreline there. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> for... the way. Matt will be back next week for the Stoke City match uh, for the preview then. And... 
Next up, we've got Tom from the Back of the Net podcast. Cheers, Matt. My pleasure. Thank you. Been joined by Tom Jordan from the Back of the Net podcast now to preview the upcoming massive clash between Reading and Bournemouth this Friday night. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Looking forward to the game. Should be an interesting one. Another game on uh, another game on Sky for us. I think that takes our total up to 11 for the season. I don't doubt that Bournemouth aren't too far behind that. Yeah, I would have thought it would be similar. It does feel like we've had quite a lot on there, yeah. Obviously, this uh, the earlier game in the season was also on Sky and Reading took a very early lead, 2-0 uh, up at half-time and then collapsed in the second half, 4-2. Um, can you see... What, I mean, let's let's put the prediction to one side for now and, and just take a look at how Bournemouth are doing. So, last three league games, lost to Derby, lost to Luton, draw against Millwall. Um struggling a little bit in the league recently. Uh, I know you won in the cup yesterday against Crawley Town, but league form-wise, struggling to score, struggling to make a lot of chances recently. Yeah, we're definitely having that little blip, I I, I guess you could say. It's um, a weird one. Teams have, teams have tended to be successful in coming to, our, coming to us or us going to them and sitting really deep, making it a horrible game, sticking men behind the ball and saying, come on then, come break us down. And we're getting frustrated we're becoming a bit predictable and then we're getting caught out by a sucker punch. And um, I think it could end up being a game that we we need, really. A team like Reading that I feel like to try and play, like to try and attack, um, like we found last time, but left a few gaps for us to, to exploit. I think um, you, the, the teams you mentioned there, Luton, Millwall, Derby, all have the same game plan. And I'd like to think Reading would try and have more of a go, which hopefully could suit us because we're struggling with teams that are just lowering the table and um, making it a, a real battle for us. But um, like I say, we played last night, um, Tuesday night and, and done well and got the job done. So hopefully we'll kickstart um, us on a better run now. But yeah, it's not been great recently anyway. Yeah, you mentioned the lack of kind of, I guess, lack of chance creation when teams are sitting back against you. And it's been, what's it been, six weeks now? I think it was, I just looked it up and it's, no, yeah, 12th of December was the last time you managed to get more than one goal in the league game. So um, that must be what seven, eight games ago, Huddersfield, yep. um, when you beat them five nil. So, but despite this, you do remain the second highest scorers in the league, still only behind Blackburn. Uh, one of the key components to that has been the form of Solanke this season, who's managed to get ten goals already. What do you think? Well, I mean, what do you think has been the, the game changer for him this season versus um, other seasons? Because we've obviously seen him play in the Premier League and yeah, struggle. I think- I think since we've had him, it's the first time we've kind of said to him, you're our main man. Um, obviously, we had Callum Wilson um, that was always ahead of him. And he's kind of was playing, he's kind of seemed to be playing off Callum whenever he played. And obviously now we haven't decided not to replace Callum in terms of bringing anyone else in. We just said to Dom, you know, go and do the business for us. Um, he's a very, very good player. He's kept, he kept himself fit as well. And he was one of the only players we kind of rested against Crawley because he's that important to us. Um, but I think another important factor will be in them last group of games that you mentioned since we um, since we beat Huddersfield for five. We've been without Dan Juma. Um, he's been a big loss for us, who's um, you know been brilliant for us early in the season. He's back. He played, he started um, against Crawley, played well. So if we can have him back, that'll be, that's going to be a big plus for us. And obviously we're hoping Jack Wilshire will bring us a bit more creativity now as well. Yeah, he signed, what was it, last week, I think? Played, yeah. played one game so far for you and, and scored as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, how, how do you think he's going to fit into the the side, and and I guess how, how do you think he's going to do for the rest of the season at Bournemouth? He's only on a short term contract, I believe, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's only here to end the season. Um, we had him before um, on loan for a season and we love him. He, he, we managed to keep him quite fit actually until right near the end. And it was our best ever uh, finish as a football club. We finished ninth in the Premier League with, with Jack. So as much as he didn't score in his first spell, and you can look at the stats like that, we all know what he brought because, you know, it's the first season and only season. We finished top half in the Premier League and Jack was a big part of that. I think he could complement uh, Lewis Cook and Jefferson Lerma well, playing a bit more advanced. And like you, like you alluded to, we're not we're not scoring enough goals at the moment and we need that creativity. We've lost Junior Stanislas to a bad injury. So I think any sort of creativity would be great. So I think he could could be in a bit, bit more advanced midfield role, whether he'll be ready to, to play against you guys. I'm not so sure. Um, having, you know, barely played any football and then played 65 minutes against Crawley, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench, but he might decide to start him and bring him off. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to having, you know, you get a player of Jack Wilshire's quality amongst the squad and it can only be a good thing, really. So um, we're hoping that'll be a little little bit of armoury that might just, just nick us into the, the top two, maybe. Yeah, you certainly can't uh, doubt the, the quality that Jack Wilshire had, at least uh, while he was playing in the Premier League. The quality was definitely there. And if it does translate back down into the into the championship with you guys this season, I can't see any reason that you're not going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, I mean, hopefully that's behind us. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see for the end of the season with that. Uh, I mean, looking at the um, looking at the rest of the squad at the minute, do you think there's any chances of anybody leaving before the end of the transfer window um, or even before Friday? I mean, Josh King is still there. I know that he played in the FA Cup, though, which was maybe slightly surprising um, before, but I mean, before, before the end of the window. Yeah. I mean, he's, he played in the other cup round as well. He's, he's played in, which was surprising. I remember when he played um, against Oldham in the, in the third round, we were surprised because obviously it makes him cup tied. Um, so that surprised me, but he, he scored two in that game and scored, scored the winner um, against Crawley. So yeah, it's a weird one really, because he doesn't look like he's going to start a contract, which means we'll lose him on a free um, if we weren't to let him go. But it, it seems like a situation where, Josh seems happy to run it down. He's going to have probably a list of clubs at the end of the season if he's a free agent anyway. Um, just kind of knuckle down and see what he could do for us. If he were to get promoted with us, then he could either stay or leave if he wants. And to be honest with you, um, if he, he's been great for us. And if he puts a shift in from now to the end of the season and then goes for a free, then um, that, that's fine by me. I just want him to, to put a shift in while he's here. And he's doing that at the moment. Um, he has... I think it's been a difficult one because people think he hasn't played much due to that. But he also did have COVID. And I think that's probably also been why he hasn't played as much in the league. And obviously, Dom Solanke's form. But um, he could stay. He's still someone that could potentially leave. Um, Billing, potentially as well, just because there's a few clubs sniffing around him. And I know he's not not getting enough minutes here as he would like. A uh, few sniffing around Brooks, but I think we'll be all right. I don't see too much activity now, to be honest with you, unless Joshua to go and we try and get a replacement in on loan or something. I, I don't see too much happening um, when we're concerned in the window, but we'll see. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's only, what, four, is it four days left now? Five something days like left, that. something like that. And uh, there's the, I guess the rumours are, the rumours are either there by this point or they're not. And if if, they're, if there's only, if there's only very small rumours around players like Billing and, uh, Billing and Brooks, then likelihood is you would imagine they're still going to be here come come February and uh, be here for the second half of the season. Um, just moving on to the game itself this this Friday night, how do you see it going? I mean, obviously, it's a huge game in terms of both teams uh, for the rest of the season with you guys sitting just behind us currently in, in sixth place on, on 42 points and us on 44 points. The winner of this game is, is going to really set themselves up for the second half of the year. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive game and um, I'm really looking forward to it. It was... 
I remember before the the last last game um, that we played you guys, I was uh, probably as much as, as you lot, uh, really surprised to see how how well you were doing. Um, and then the game started and I thought, oh, bloody hell, these are a good side. And then obviously we come into it in the second half. But I really, at the time, there was, you know, probably a little bit ignorant of me. But I thought there's no way that Reading will be above us when we go to play them next time. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people have expected Reading to fall. And they just, and you know, you had a little bit of a blip, but you've stayed there. And credit to you for that. Because I think I said the last time I was on the show that... Um, I actually tipped Reading for relegation at the start of the season, um, purely because I just heard a few rumours about your kind of financial problems and thought, oh, they might struggle a little bit. But you kind of seem to have that. Sometimes when things are going against you, you you kind of have that team spirit and kind of siege, siege mentality. Yeah, siege mentality. We've kind of thrown around a bit. Yeah, we've had it before in the past, and I think yeah, credit to you guys. And I I love you to try and stick around there, but obviously into Friday night we just. Like I mentioned, I hope that because you'll have a bit more of a go than the teams like a Derby and Luton, that that might suit us because we want to be able to pick uh, pick you off on the break. Um, I, I think it will be it will be interesting to see because we've got uh, we've got Yakimate coming back into the side um, and should be who should be fit, and whether that will I guess whether that will change our change our style somewhat. I don't think it will change our style too much, but just whether it will change how much we're able to actually go forwards. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that's going to yeah. affect the game on Friday, certainly. Yeah, he's a handful, that mate, Tony. I remember at the start of the season, he was someone that when we got relegated, we were talking about a few championship players we might be able to have a little look at. And a lot of our fans were saying, you know, we, we quite like the look of him. Um, but obviously, he hasn't played as many minutes as he liked. Um, yeah, he's. I think he's, this is going to be his first game back since... Is it? Must be mid-November, I think. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's only played... I think he's only played about 900 minutes so far this season, but um, he's he's our second second top goal scorer still, and playing playing kind of off that right hand side with with Zhao, he's uh he's formed a proper 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 partnership up front with him. So yeah, and Zhao's always been someone that I think when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, I think off the top of head, he's always caused us problems. Um, so yeah, the, you've got a decent. Some decent players that will cause us problems. I mean, I hope I don't know what's happening with you guys with the goalkeeper that played us last time, but I hope he's playing because he had a shocker. So he, yeah, Raphael's should he should be, yeah, Raphael should be playing on on Friday. He's did did have a serious dip in form, probably mm. from November through to probably Boxing Day, and then since Boxing Day, he's he's put himself back in the back in the frame of uh, of first choice keeper for most Reading fans. I think by this point, he's played very well since then and, and no real complaints um but yeah certainly wasn't playing well earlier in the season yeah. looking back at the kind of history between Reading and Bournemouth you guys have beaten us now five times I think it's five times in a row since you came up from from League One earlier in the well last decade now but um Reading haven't beaten Bournemouth for 20 years almost right. um so can I get a prediction from you Tom for this yeah. Friday night that does surprise me because um, I can't remember what season it was. I always remember being a kid and crying at the Medeski when you stopped us getting in the playoffs. I think it was early 2000s. Um, but yeah, uh, that is surprising. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one at the moment. Like I say, the last game proves that there could be goals, but then we look a bit... I'm going to I'm gonna try and be confident. I'm going to go for 2-1 to us, um, but I think it will be a really tight affair, good game. Um, but yeah, I think we'll just have enough, which is what I said last time we did. So I'm hoping we'll just have enough, but... It'll certainly be a good game, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin around the opposite way and say two one Reading. I think, I think we'll think think we might just edge it. Now we're back at now we're back at the Medeski, and uh, I'll get one more prediction off you, Tom. 
where do you think Bournemouth and Reading will both finish come the end of the season? Uh, yeah, it's difficult. If, you, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have um, you know stuck me out in the line and said that we can win the league. I'm not sure now. Um, not right, I'm beginning to running away. Yeah, away they, yeah, they just look like they've got a little bit too much. And I, I was hoping Buendia might go. He's still there at the moment. Um, but I'm going to be confident and say we're going to nick second. I think it can quickly change in this league. And um, you go on a little bit of a run and suddenly we saw um, when we played Crawley, I looked and Watford dropped points in the league. And you think, oh, I didn't expect that. So it, it can it can change quickly. And I've you know, still staying confident with the squad we've got. So I'm going to nick our second. To be honest, I, I really couldn't see you hanging on in there, but I think you will now. I, I do think you'll get in the playoffs. And I think if you get in the playoffs, I think you're going to be a real threat because all the other teams that will be in the playoffs with you will be expected to go up. And I think you'll almost have that no fear kind of mentality, if you know what I'm saying. Um, there's, always, so, there's always fear when it comes to running in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I think I think if you were playing someone like, say, a Watford or a team yeah. that are really expected to bounce straight back, I think that could play into your favour. But um, I, I would say now, I, I think Redden have, have, got, have proven we're in January. You know, it's all right saying they're going to fall off. We're in January now and you've been there the whole time. So I think, um, I do think you'll get in the playoffs, yeah. Super. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, nice one, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good Cheers, luck. Mate. Good luck for yeah, us. All the best. With Bournemouth. And you, mate. All the best. Cheers, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with a roundup of the Bournemouth game on Friday evening after the match. Cheers. <laughs>